All right, so if you got some notes, let's go ahead and, uh, and get those ready. We are in part three of a series we're calling Unstuck, and we're, we're looking at how do, we, how do we get moving into 2022, and uh, the first week we talked about that God is a God of movement, and that everything that he does, he's called us to move, and if we're not careful, uh, just our old patterns and our old habits will keep us stuck in the wrong places for a long time, and so we did that kind of in week one, and we talked about the, the man uh, that was lame in Acts 3. Then last week in week two, we kicked off our 21 days of prayer and fasting by looking at the, the, the story of King Japhat. How many of you were here for King Japhat? So we looked at 2 Chronicles 20. We looked at the story of King Japhat and the power of what happens when we pray and fast together. How many of you are joining us for the 21 days? You've been, you've been fasting this week. How many of y'all, it has not been a fast week? Anybody? <laughs> now I'm gonna just go ahead and just, I'm gonna go ahead and make some confessions here. Okay, I'm going I'm to do, do a prayer report and a praise report, okay? Prayer report is y'all pray for a brother, okay? I have, I have been tempted a lot this week. Praise report. I didn't fall into temptation. I just want you to know. Come on, somebody. The Lord is good, all right? So uh, I, had, I, I had lunch with somebody, and they ordered a chocolate shake right in front of me, sprinkled with, with, uh, with uh, Reese's Pieces on top. And I said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. As they suck down their Dr. Pepper at the same time, I'm like, this is not right. I think they were just trying to do everything they could to try to see if I would fall. They were testing if I was a true pastor or not. I just want you to know, I'm true. Okay, now let's find out next week. I'll let you know how it goes in week two. But as of right now, it's good. Um, and so uh, I, I hope you're joining with us. We had a powerful night of prayer on Monday. If you weren't here, man, we had over 100 people Monday night uh, to pray, to worship together. It'll be again tomorrow night, so come join us. We'll, we'll be praying again. We got a whole new six topics that we're going to be praying for next uh, on, on, on tomorrow for our night of prayer, and so we'd love to have you come be a part of that with us. Um, so, all right, let's go today. We're going to look, we're going to start in John 16. That's where we're going to begin today. We're going to be in a, a lot of different scriptures today. Uh, I, I want us to look at what, what I believe to be one of the greatest causes of stuckness. The greatest cause of stuckness. What is the thing that's in our life that can cause the greatest stuck? And, and today we're going to talk about pain. Everybody say pain. We're going to look at pain. Today I'm titling today's message, Stuck in Pain. And, and we're going to look at that. John 16, is where we're going to begin today. It's, it's red letters, by the way. These are Jesus' words when he says this. He says, in this world, everybody help me with this, you... You will have trouble. Isn't that just encouraging words from Jesus? Yeah. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart that I have overcome the world. I want you to listen to me very closely because if you're not careful, you can buy into a wrong theology. When you buy into a wrong theology, it can affect your faith, and if it affects your faith, it affects your actions. Here's a wrong theology that most people buy into is that, that when I give my life to Jesus, when I surrender my life to Jesus, he, he promises me a pain-free life. Hey, listen, according to this verse, he doesn't promise you a pain-free life. He promises a pain-filled one. Nobody signs up for that one, though, huh? But the, the truth is, is he's telling us there, there's pain that's coming your way. You're going to face some trouble. How many of you have lived life long enough to know Jesus was right? How many, when you gave your life to Jesus, it seemed like it didn't really get easier. It got harder. 
Uh, there were certain areas of your life that seemed, of course, to abound and be blessed, but there, at the same time, there was just some really hard things going on in your life. And I want you to know this. Listen, everyone experiences pain. Everybody. Uh, it's part of living in this broken world that we live in. You're going to experience some pain from the very beginning. It was not intended from the Garden of Eden, of course. We know pain was not invited into the garden until sin entered into the garden. Once sin entered into the world, pain entered with it. And Jesus even said, hey, Eve, you, you're going to have children, and it's going to be painful. And how many are like, thanks, Eve. But pain is a part of it. And watch this. And pain doesn't discriminate. You can be old or young, you're going to be in pain. Older, you might be in other kind of pain. But old and young, you'll be in pain. Black or white, you're going to go through pain. Rich or poor, you're going to go through pain. Pain doesn't discriminate. It, 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 it comes for everybody, no matter where you grew up, no matter where you live, no matter what your life was like. Pain is there, and for the last 21 years as a pastor, I've had the incredible privilege of walking with people through their greatest joys in life, and weddings, and births, and promotions, and uh, miracles, and healings, but also for the last 21 years, I've also had the unique privilege of walking with people through their deepest pains. I've been there, I've been on the scene after a son has committed suicide. I've been on the scene for funerals, and I've done so many, way too many funerals than I care to do. I've been on the phone call with people as soon as they got the diagnosis that they have stage four cancer. I've been on the phone, and here's, by the way, I want to just let you know that this is why we pray for pastors and other churches is because in a one-week span, sometimes even in a one-day span, a pastor may celebrate in the morning with someone and be crying with someone at night. It, it just happens. We, we walk through people through great joyous things, but we also walk with them through incredible pains and disease and death and divorce and so many pains that come into this world. And there's all different kinds of pains, by the way. There's, there's personal pain. There's the pain uh, that we have just on ourselves from, from our own. How, how many of y'all know the, the self-inflicted pain? How many of y'all done some stupid pain? Like you did something and you were like, that was stupid. Anybody done that, done, done a number of that? How many of y'all, somebody else did it, one of your kids did it, and you were like, that was stupid, okay? Just poor decisions that we've made, maybe bad habits that we have, maybe sinful things that have done in our lives that we look back on, past things that we've done um, that we just can't get past. There's this self-inflicted pain. Then there's people pain. How many of y'all have experienced people pain? Family drama. <laughs> yeah, all right. Don't look at them right now if they're here at church with you. Okay, don't look at them. Like, you, you, okay? But hey, people pain, betrayal, criticism, divorce, misunderstandings, okay? We've, we've probably all been through some, some people pain in our life, and then there's unexpected pain, deaths, accidents, bad uh, health diagnosis. And so there's, there's all different kinds of pains that we walk through. And today, I want us to look at this idea. I want, here's, here's one of the big ideas today, if you want to write this down, and that is this, that pain can paralyze you when you don't see the purpose. Pain can paralyze you when you don't see the purpose. Let's read Psalm 73. I want you to see what the psalmist says in Psalm 73, and maybe for some of you, you'll feel like this. You feel like this is, this is your verse right here. It says this in Psalm 73. He says, did I keep my heart pure for what? For nothing? I... I I've been trying to live my life pure. Did I do it for nothing? I've been trying to honor you, God. Did I do it for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Okay, this is, I mean, no, this is an honest prayer. 
This is an honest prayer with the Lord. And watch this, he says, and I get nothing but trouble all day long. Here we go, watch this. And every morning brings me pain. pain. How many of y'all feel like that's your verse? Every morning I wake up, I feel like it's just pain. It might be physical pain. It might be relational pain. It might be financial pain. It might be emotional or mental pain. So many people in these last two years have been going through mental pain. There's just been a lot of pain that's been inflicted. And this psalmist is just very honest with the Lord. And he says, have I just been living for you for no reason? Is there no purpose to what I'm going through? And, and that's how it is. When you don't know the purpose of the pain, it will paralyze you. you you'll, you'll just get stuck. And so we say things like this. Watch this. When you've tried to do things right and you feel like it just brings pain, we say things like, well, I'm not doing that again. I'm not trying that again. I'm not asking that again. I'm not praying again. I'm not believing again. I'm not leading again. I'm not doing this again. How many of y'all been there? When, it, when pain comes, you immediately get stuck because you're like, I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing, I, I know God, you told me to, but no, I'm not doing that. When, when I did that, it brought, it brought pain in my life. I'm not, I'm not going there again. And the lie is that the pain is permanently damaged your life and God can't use you in the future because of past pain. Past pain is one of the most uh, paralyzing things for our present potential. If you look at past pain in your life, it will paralyze you for your present and your future potential. And we see this in this psalmist. And what ends up happening is we get stuck in pain and we have what's, what I call a victim mentality. Listen, everybody in here has been through pain. Everybody has had things probably happen to them that you didn't ask for. Everybody in here has been wronged against. Watch this. And everybody in here probably has wronged somebody else. But you have to be careful not to take on the victim mentality. And there's a lot of people that get stuck in the pain and they're always the victim when God's called them to be a victor. God has called us to move forward in victory, not be stuck in victim. But the enemy will get you stuck in a victim mentality. Oh me, pity me, poor me, look what happened to me. And everybody around you is like, well, it happened to me too. How many of y'all have seen some people that the same thing, this person went through a divorce and this person went through a divorce, but it seems like this person can't get over it and this person has moved on? Y'all seen some of those people? Or, or, or people who, who, who've got health issues. And Listen, I, I get it. When there's some health issues, it can really debilitate you. But the enemy would want to take those health issues and literally sideline you and park you where you can't do anything because you're like, this is just the way that it's going to be, and this is just how it is, and this is just my new life. Listen, don't settle for that. God's got more for you. Even in the midst of pain, you can still have purpose. So with that being said, I, I, I want you to write this statement down, and here's, here's the statement. Where you sit determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. Let me explain this to you. Where you sit determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. So let me speak to all those that are online right now, okay? All those that are online, if you're laying in your bed, or if you're on your couch, whatever that is, okay, all right. I see things right now that you don't see, because... I can see all these, I can see how beautiful Stephen is right here on the front row with his nice little groom stash and everything. Come on, somebody. I can, see, I can see all these beautiful people right now. You can't see all those people. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm just sitting in a different place than you're sitting, so you see me, but I see other things that you don't see. Watch, get this. This is huge here. Okay, I want you all to understand this. 
Based off of where you sit depends what you see, and depending on what you see is what you do. If all you see is one certain thing, that's all that you will do. You've got to learn to sit in different seats so you can see it from different vantage points because your vantage point might not be the right one. Well, think about this. Watch this. Watch this. I can see the corner. God sees around the corner. I can see the hill. God sees over the hill. I can see today. God sees tomorrow. I saw a cross. God saw a resurrection. Watch this. And it's because of where he sat was different than where I sit. So watch this. Whatever pain you're walking through right now, be careful to not mislabel it as something because you only see it one way when God sees it a different way because he sits in a different place than you sit. So I'm going to tell you, you look at your past, you look at your pain, and you see it through one lens, and you see it, this is how it was, and I don't see what the purpose of all is. Well, that's because you're sitting in the wrong seat. If you were to change seats and let God bring you to a different seat, you'll see it differently, which, by the way, when you see it differently, you'll do things differently. Am I preaching up in here? Okay, so uh, amen myself. So I, I want you to see this. When, even though you're not seeing, it doesn't mean it's not existing. So even when you're, watch this, 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're fasting and you're praying and I'm like, I mean, God, I'm not seeing anything. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean it ain't happening. God is doing things and he doesn't have to always inform you. I know you feel like he should. But listen to me very closely. I've learned something real quick that oftentimes God will not inform me things, one, so he can grow my faith, and then two, if he really told me what I was going to walk through, I wouldn't obey it anyways. Truth? Because if he said, you're going to go this way, by the way, it's going to be painful, you're not going to like it, you're going to be in prison, you're going to be this, I'd be like, peace, I'm going this way, all right. So, so oftentimes God won't give us the full picture, he'll just give you the next step. But the enemy will use pain to get you stuck so you never take another step. He'll get you stuck in relationships that you should be stepping out of. He'll get you stuck in, in places that you should be moving forward in. He'll get you stuck in your faith because you're doubting God. Pain will paralyze you when you don't know there's a purpose. But watch this. But pain can propel you when you know there's a purpose. Pain can propel you when you know there's a purpose. Let's, let's read what Romans 8.28 says. Watch this. Romans 8.28 says this. And look at the first two words. Everybody say the first two words with me. We know. Come on, let's say it again. We know. Say it one more time. We know. Okay, so watch this. Previously, we said we don't see or we see. But in this one, he's not talking about sight. He's talking about there's a, there's a revelation. You know something here. And here's the revelation. We know that in all, all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called. Watch this. Here we go. According to, to his purpose. Now, watch this. It doesn't say we hope. It says we know. Hope is like, mm, I hope today goes good. Mm, I hope the saints win, which <laughs> too soon. I'm sorry. Too soon. Okay. It's not a we hope. It's a we know. I'm grounded, I have a conviction, I know I'm concrete settled in, I know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. But watch this, it doesn't say we know that it all feels good. 
He doesn't say, we, we know that it always is good. He says, no, 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 we know that in all things, God is working for good to those who love him. By the way, this is a promise only to those who have surrendered their life to Jesus. That, that those who are following him, that in all things, he will work all things for your good. So I always say this, when it doesn't look good yet, God's not done yet. If you're a follower of Jesus and it doesn't look good yet, God is not done yet. Watch, I, 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 any, any people in here love brownies? Come on, any brownies? I probably shouldn't even be bringing this up. We're fasting right now, okay? I'm sorry, but I'm going to just go ahead and bring it up, okay? I'm going to test y'all now. I'm going to find out how good y'all are because y'all going to walk out and be like, I want brownies. And you'll be like, no, get behind me, Satan, okay? So if, if anybody in here likes brownies, you know, we love brownies in our house. Especially, I can't eat brownies, though, without bluebell vanilla ice cream on top of the brownies. Anybody? Come on, talk to me. Preach with me here, okay? I mean, and it's got to be hot because it's got to melt on it at the top. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it can't be cold. It's got to be hot. So, okay, when your preparation of brownies, you know, how brownies are made, of course, you got your flour and you've got your water and you've got your eggs and you got all those things that are there that make this. And then if you're really, really good, you put that little Hershey chocolate syrup all up on the top of it and it's all good. Okay, with the little cherry on top, it's... Take a minute here. So, watch this. If I was just to eat the egg alone, yeah, exactly. All of you. If I was just to grab a handful of flour with the egg, with a little bit of oil, or you just swish it around, be like, "Mmm, this is not a brownie." Watch, because all of those independent of one another are not good, but when God can take all the things that are independent and mix them together, he can make them for our good. Some of you look at individual pain points in your life and go, that's not good, and that's not good, and that's not good. Yeah, it doesn't look good when it's individualized, but God has a way of taking ingredients and putting all these things together to make them out for your good. This is what he does. If you understand it doesn't matter what ingredients he's working with, God always has a way of making something good. How many of y'all know somebody, it don't matter what you give them, they can cook? It, it doesn't matter. They, how many of y'all know it doesn't matter what ingredients they give them, some people just can't cook? <laughs> don't look at them, but that's what it is. But God says, listen, watch this. What God is saying in Romans 8 is he's saying, hey, even in the bad things, even in the terrible things, even in the painful things, even in the sinful things, I can still make it good. Okay. There, there is a, a scientific study that has now been proven that people are able to handle enormous amounts of pain if they know there's a purpose. Okay, watch this. I'll prove it to you. Moms. Moms, how was the pain with the pregnancy? Next level? Okay, watch it. Was it worth it? Okay. Some of y'all are like, I'm still trying to figure the <laughs> verdict's still out. I don't even know yet. Well, let's get through the teenage years and I'll let you know if it was worth it, okay? So, okay. Yes, it was worth it. Watch this. Would you do it if you didn't know that a baby was coming? <laughs> if you did, that's, that's something. Come up here. We'll, we'll cast out something in you, all right? So, of course not. The fact that there was a promise and a purpose was the reason you were able to go through nine months of uncomfort in hell because you realize 
on the other side of this, there's, there's, there's a gift. There's a gift, right? There's a gift. All of us in here, if you've ever been through surgery, not comfortable, painful. Most of the time, sometimes the surgeon will come to you and go, this is going to be very painful when you wake up. But yet you choose to say yes to it because the current pain is unbearable, and so you'll go through temporary pain in order to get healing on the other side. Are y'all with me? My, my running partner right now, Ralph Reed, he is running the Houston Marathon right now as we speak. He's, he's in it. So we've been running. We've been running. And, and there, I, I've told you all this countless times. I don't really enjoy running, but I'm starting to like it more and more. And he's like the avid coach, and he's pushing me and doing all this stuff. And he's running 26 miles today. Like, that seems ungodly. So I told him, I told him, this time next year, I'm going to run that exact same race. I'm going to run 26 miles next year. But you know what I just signed up for? Pain. <laughs> Literally. I, I just have signed up for a year of pain. And I'm paying for it. Like, literally, I'm going to have to pay for this. Why would I do this? Because there's purpose. So watch this. When you understand that pain can have a purpose, it can propel you. It won't keep you stuck. It'll move you along because you'll understand that there's, that there's a purpose to this. So here's what I want to do today. So that was my introduction. I want to share with us four ways, four ways to move forward in pain. Now notice I'm not saying that the pain is gonna leave. The pain may stay. Maybe not. I pray that it would get healed in whatever way that it is, whether it's relational or physical. I definitely pray for healing, but I wanna give you something today that's even greater than your pain. That no matter what pain you may face, which 2022, you're probably gonna face some pain in some way. That you're not gonna get stuck in it. That a relationship pain won't get you stuck, that a, a mental pain won't get you stuck, a physical pain won't get you stuck, a financial bankruptcy won't get you stuck. Like you're gonna continue to be able to move forward no matter what pain comes your way. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. All right, let's go. Number one. First thing of how we move forward in pain is you use pain to know Jesus. Use pain. All the things that I'm about to share with you that I am sharing with you right now, I just want you to know I've lived all these out in personal experience. So I'm not just sharing you something that's philosophical and I think this may work. I've actually lived this stuff out. And many of you have as well. So how do we use pain to know Jesus? Let's go back to Psalm 73. Look at me. So Psalm 73, we just read just a minute ago where it was a real honest prayer. Did I do this for nothing? Did, did I do this for no reason? All I get is pain every morning. I don't get all I get is win, win, win. All I get is pain, 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 no matter what. All right. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to our Savior's Church. So, so stupid. All right. So <laughs> Psalm 73, verse 16. Watch this. So this is just a number of verses down. Same prayer. Same prayer. And watch what he says. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. I'm trying to be righteous. Seems like all the people who aren't living for God are pain-free. I'm living for God, and I'm pain-filled. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. What is going on? 
He says, but what a difficult task that is. Try figuring it out. See how that goes. And so this is what I did. I, I, I went to church. I went, I, I went to your sanctuary. I went to the place where the presence of God was. And I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. I, I, I used this pain instead of just being misunderstood and trying to figure it all out on my own, which is a lot of times what we try to do. God, why? God, why? God, why am I going through this? What, what's happening? I, I brought it to God. Look what the next verse says. Verse 21 says, and then I realized that my heart was bitter. How many you know, listen, pain will transform you. It will either make you better or bitter. And whatever pain you don't allow God to transform, by the way, you transfer. So whatever pain that is in your life right now that you don't allow God to transform, hey, my heart was bitter, God, and you're going to have to do something with my bitter heart. If you don't allow God to transform your bitter heart, you will transfer your bitter heart to your kids, to your spouse, to everybody around you. Don't, trans- don't transfer pain. Let God transform pain. Because he says, I was all torn up on the inside, and I was so foolish and arrogant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Look at the next verse. And yet, come on, I love this line. And yet, even in the midst of my honest prayer, I still belong to you. I still belong to you. You hold my right hand, and you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more. God, I know it's painful right now, and I don't quite under, understand all this, and I don't know why I'm even going through this, but I'm going to just tell you right now, I desire you more than anything that I'm going through right now. God, would you guide me? God, would you lead me? God, would you transform my bitter heart than anything that is on earth? Anything that is on earth. Watch. He continues, and he says this. And my health may fail. So, so the physical thing may not play out the way that you want it to. And some of you, I, man, I've counseled with some of you, so many of you that are walking through a real physical challenge right now. This psalmist is saying, it may not get healed. It may not get better. We pray that it does. We believe God is a healer, but sometimes it doesn't. And even when my health may not fail and my spirit may seem like it's growing weak, but God remains the strength of my heart and he is mine forever. This is what he is. So listen, when you experience pain, you have two options. You can run to God or you can run from him. You've got two. You've got two options. But can I just ask you a question? Who can help you more with pain than God? I mean, option one is the answer. I mean, we can run from God all we want, but I'm going to just tell you right now, eventually you'll circle back. <laughs> you can try to go numb the pain, avoid the pain, minimize the pain, but eventually the pain is going to stay there to the point where God's just going to be there waiting for you to go, welcome back. And he says, man, my health may fail, my, my spirit may grow weak, but God, you remain the strength of my heart. So, man, well, how do I draw close to God? How do I know Jesus in the midst of pain? Well, you just tell him exactly how you feel. I mean, how many of y'all think this was a pretty honest prayer? Am I doing all this for nothing? Hey, ready? Here's a great prayer. God, I'm mad. I mean, no, that's an honest prayer. That, that's a lamenting prayer, which those are prayers, by the way. God, I'm frustrated. God, I don't get it. God, why is this happening? 
God's big enough for all those prayers. He can hear you in all that. We bring that to him. And I love what C.S. Lewis says. Watch, he says this. God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. Pain teaches us to depend on God. Pain purifies our motive. Pain keeps us humble. And I can't tell you how many stories, even as I look across this room right now, the amount of stories we have just in this room, in this service, of people who have come to know Jesus because of pain. Hey, which by the way, most of the time people get to church when their way is done, when they're on the end. When people come up and need prayer, it's usually their marriage is on the end. I've, I've yet to have someone walk up to me, can you pray for me? We're just blessed right now. We're just so blessed. We're so, can you, no, it's like, I don't know what to do. I got caught. This is going on. Why? Because watch this, because pain can push us to, the, that's not a bad thing though. I mean, no, God will allow pain to push you to him. He don't cause it, but he allows it. And how many of you are thankful now that you look back in the pain that was in your life and it pushed you to Jesus? It pushes you to him. Psalms 34, 18 says this. For those that are in pain right now, you need to know this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he rescued those whose spirits are crushed. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says. Look at this. I love this. She says this. I am not a theologian or a scholar, but I'm very aware of the fact that pain is necessary to all of us. In my own life, I think I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. And I mean, I can, te- I can testify to this right now more than anything. In my deepest pains is where I have met God the most. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So you're going through a hard time right now? You got a lot of pain in your life? Guess what? That's good news. God's close. He's close. He's close. He's close. Number two, how do we use pain to move forward? You use pain to grow like Jesus. So not only do we use pain to know Jesus, we use pain to grow like Jesus. How many of you have ever heard this common cliche? No pain? No pain. Oh, y'all heard it. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Let me give you another one. In life, there is no growth without change, there's no change without loss, and there's no loss without pain. In here, if you want to grow, you are saying, I want change. If you want change, you're saying, I want loss. If you want loss, you're saying, I want pain. Let me put it another way. If you want growth, you're saying, I want pain. Because one of the primary ways that God grows us is not in the abounding blessings of success. It is in the desperation and painful moments of our life. If we look back at our life, success has not been our greatest teacher. Failure has. Falling has. Disappointment has, discouragement has. It's brought us to a place of, of God, I, I desperately need you. And if you want to grow like Jesus, hey, let's be honest, we're all creatures of comfort. Come on, how many know? If it's this way, that's the hard way, and this way is the easy way, 95% of us are going, I'm going this way. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to lean towards that. We're going to try to avoid pain as much as possible. But here's my question. What if pain is not something we should avoid, but it's something we should take advantage of? 
Not just try to avoid it. Listen, I'm not saying we need to put ourselves in painful places. I'm not saying we're trying to create pain. I'm just saying when pain comes, instead of us trying to avoid it, what if we took advantage of it and realized maybe, God, you have something for us in here. And if we want to grow like Jesus, I want you to see what Jesus says, actually what Peter says about Jesus in 1 Peter 2.21. He says, for God called you to do good even if it means suffering, just as who? Just as Christ suffered for for you. He is your example. And you must, here we go, watch this. Walking, right? Moving. Moving forward. You want to become like Jesus? Follow in his steps. You want to, you want to follow in his steps? Just know whatever happened to Jesus is going to happen to you. You want to become like Jesus? We need to have patience like Jesus. You want to have love like Jesus? You want to serve like Jesus? Hey, just realize you also get to suffer like Jesus. Sign me up. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I want the blessing. I want the healing. I want the benefit. I want the perks. I want the heaven. I want the. He said, no, 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 no. Listen. Yeah, those come, but those come also through suffering. That's why Jesus is called the suffering servant. He's a suffering servant. If you want to grow like Jesus, you're going to have to go through what Jesus went through. Question, did Jesus experience pain? Discouragement? Criticism? Loneliness? Grief? Betrayal? Did God spare Jesus of any of that? So why would he spare you? Yet again, remember, if we buy the theology that if I follow Jesus, it's a pain-free life, you're going to be really, 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 really disappointed. Because you're going to find out that if I want to become like Jesus, I've got to walk through the same things that Jesus has walked through. And it's vitally important that we interpret the season that we are in in the right way. We can wrongfully assume that if, thing is, if, if pain is in our life, God is punishing us. Let me help us with that as well. Oh, there's pain in my life. I must have done something. Oh, I got cancer. I must have not have read my Bible enough. Oh, I, I, I lost my job. I must have, I must, and, and we fill in the blank that, that happens. And oftentimes we can wrongfully label the season because we think God is mad at us. But if we, you can't sing a song that I stand in his love and yet God be mad at you. So maybe that there's something greater that's going on through the pain and it's not necessarily that God is mad at you. Maybe God's doing something for you. Hey, we see this in John chapter 15. Well, look, look with me in John chapter 15. Watch this. It says in verse 1, I am the grapevine, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the, is the gardener. And here we go. And he, come on, let's say it again. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear, produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Question question, who is he? God. Okay, here's why it's so important for you to understand this. Because this verse says that he cuts off. He prunes. Who is he? God. Could it be that the pain that we are having in our life, when sometimes life is painful, God has the scissors? See, because if we're not careful, we can blame everything on the devil when it's not the devil. God's actually trying. Could it be that God was cutting away that toxic relationship? You thought it was the devil, and God was like, nope. 
And God was cutting away that attitude and God was cutting away the things that are in our lives. God loves you and I and oftentimes the proof is in the pruning. How many of you look back at some things in your past season that you did not understand and you did not value and you thought that it was destroying you, but now that you sit in a different seat, you realize God wasn't using it to destroy you. God was using it to develop you. God was using it to make you. God was using it to, to, to create in you a, a, a heart after God and to become more like God. Everybody goes through pain. Some people profit from it. Some people don't. And you and I can profit from the pain when we understand and look at it and go, God, maybe this is you. Maybe you're trying to cut away at some things in my life. Maybe you're trying to cut away at this stuff. God has scissors oftentimes. I know we don't like talking about it because it's all the devil that brings pain. But sometimes God will cut things off of our life and that was painful. But it was actually God not destroying you but developing you, making you more and more like Jesus. I wrote this down. Followers of Jesus who grow like Jesus are those who know how to harvest their hurts, learn from their losses, advance from their adversity, and gain from the pain. Gain from the pain. So some of the pain in it is in our life is God is growing us to be more like Jesus. Number three, so God uses, or we can use pain to know Jesus. We can use pain to grow like Jesus. Number three, we can use pain to live like Jesus. To live like Jesus. This is what I call redemptive pain. It's the best use of pain, by the way, because rather than focusing on the pain, I'm focusing on that pain, how the pain can help others. Watch this. So the Apostle Paul wrote Corinthians, we know, and in 2 Corinthians, he writes this. He, now this is speaking of God, what does he do? Comfort. He comforts who? Us. us in all of our troubles so that, this is huge here, so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Watch this. Verse five. Here we go. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower on us with his comfort through Christ. And even when we are weighed down with troubles, I mean, I'll just feel like this is, man, this is speaking to me. When, this is, when I'm weighed down with trouble, it is for your comfort and your salvation. For where, watch this next verse, for where, for when we ourselves are comforted, we, certainly, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things that we suffer. Question, who is the best person to comfort someone going through a divorce? than someone who's been through a divorce. Who is the best person to help someone who's got a bad drug addiction? Someone who has walked through a bad drug addiction. Who is someone that is best to counsel a person whose child is going wayward? Someone, are, are y'all with me? Okay, we could do this all night long, okay? So I, I want you to, to grasp this here. I mean, who's the, who's the best person that can counsel a, a family, parents who have a disabled child, than someone who has a disabled child. Watch. Your greatest ministry will often come out of your deepest pain. Your greatest ministry will often come out of your deepest pain. So let me just help you real quick here. That thing 
that you don't like, that you don't want anybody to know, that porn addiction that you had for so many years that nearly destroyed your marriage, but God has freed you of that and you're shameful of it, God can say, I can redeem this and I can use this to help other men who are in this, other people that are in this get out of the same trap that you once were in and how I comforted you is how now you can comfort others. And you could go down the list of the pain points that are in your life. What if, it, what if we looked at the pain points in our life and instead of focusing on the pain, we focused on people that were in the similar pain that we've walked through so that we could give the comfort that God has given us comfort in? Because you imagine people going through the pain of life without Jesus. How I many know life's already hard? Imagine doing it without Jesus. So we have the hope of the world. We have the hope that we find in Christ. We have the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. So when we go through pain, it still hurts just like everybody else, but we have a hope that other people don't have. So imagine what it looks like for us when we go through hardship to be able to help other people that are through hardship and not just point to them uh, overcoming the pain, but point to the person who can help them through their pain. Which leads actually to number four, which is our, our last one, is that you can use your pain to tell people about Jesus. Not only can you use your pain to comfort others and help others, but you can use your pain ultimately to tell people about Jesus. Our witness does not come from our strengths. It comes from our weaknesses. Let me put it this way. Watch this. People may be impressed with your strength, but they are impacted by your weaknesses. If I got up here and just talked about all the things that I did really, really well, that might impress you, but it doesn't impact you. You know why? Because you're like, that's not me. I don't know that. But when I get up here and I talk about how hard it is this week to say no to a chocolate shake, you're like, I feel you. I feel you. When I get up here and talk about the painful moments that I've walked through with my son and, and the diagnosis that we walked through, some of you go, I feel you. I know what you're saying. When people get up here and they start sharing about their marriage issues and they start sharing about that, how I many know those that are in here, those that are watching online, you go, I feel that. I know that. I've been there. I know what that feels like. Why? Because people are not impacted by our strengths. They're impacted by our weakness. We try to hide our weaknesses, but God says you can brag in your weaknesses because in your weakness, I am made strong. It's, it, listen, my story is not about how good I am. My story is about how good he is. It's about how good he is. Man, our marriage was on divorce, on the verge of divorce. But let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God did. This world is not impressed with how we handle prosperity. This world is impressed by how we handle adversity. Our success doesn't give us the credibility. Our suffering does. And Paul was a pro at this. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 6, 4. Look at this. In everything we do. I want us to say that. In everything we do. Come on, one more time. In everything we do. At home, at work, at school, out to eat, at Wally World, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. Let me just help you here. He's not talking about me. He's talking about we. People are always like, well, let me introduce you to my minister. Well, are you introducing him to yourself? Because you're a minister, I'm a minister, we are all ministers. And in everything that we do, because we are ministers of God, we patiently endure troubles. 
and hardships and calamities of every kind. Paul is saying this, my pain has now given me a platform to proclaim the greatest news on the planet. Imagine what you get with Paul, murderer, God radically saves him, murder of Christians on the way, by the way. God radically saves him. God says, no, 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 you're not that anymore, you're mine, I'm gonna set you apart, you're gonna be my apostle, you're gonna go plant churches, you're gonna go spread the gospel. And if you go read in Corinthians and you read all that Paul went through, shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, imprisoned, falsely accused, beaten with rods, bit by a venomous snake. How many know? One shipwreck, I'd be like, peace out, I'm done. Maybe you get through the shipwreck and then you get to the imprisonment and you're like, okay, now this is really it. And then maybe you get through the imprisonment and then you get the beating and you're like, this man is living for Jesus. He's not living for himself. He's living for Jesus. And he says, no, no, listen, every pain point in my life is a platform. Every pain point is a platform. You know the story of Paul and Silas in the prison? Even in the prison, even in the stocks, the Bible says they're singing because they realize that even though we're in prison, even though you got our hands chained, you don't have our mouth chained, and that's the most powerful weapon I got. And the Bible says that all the prisoners were listening. So I want you to hear me. You're going through that bankruptcy right now. You're going through that hardship in your marriage right now. You're going through that struggle with your kids right now. You're going through that health battle right now. Everybody is watching. Everybody is listening. The question is what is coming out of your mouth because you are a minister of God and you endure troubles and you endure hardship and you endure calamities. And because of that, people are not impressed with your strengths. They are impressed and impacted with your weakness. It is your weakness that gives you the platform to declare, hey, listen, life's not good, but God is good. Life is hard, but God is faithful. I don't know what's going to happen, but God knows. He sees things that I don't see, and it's because he sees things that I don't see, I can stand up and know that in all things, in all things, he's working things out for my good. So it doesn't look good yet, but God's not done yet. How many know that'll preach? That'll preach. So I want, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is every area of your life right now that has pain have you allowed it to be a testimony? Because if you haven't, you're wasting it. Watch this. If you're in a bankruptcy right now, you have a financial testimony. If you're struggling in your marriage right now, you have a marriage testimony. If you have a rebellious child, you have a parenting testimony. If you have a bad diagnosis, you have a physical testimony. Well, you say, well, I'm not healed yet. That's the beauty of the testimony. Because oftentimes we wait till we get to the other side to talk about how good Jesus is. What is it like if we talk about how good Jesus is even when it doesn't look good yet? Because how many know it's the joy in the sadness that sets us apart? So, here's what we're gonna do. I want you to do this, if you, I want you to flip your notes over on the back side right here, okay, with this side that's got all these little notes here. It might be already full, it's all good wherever you got space. And I'm gonna walk us through an exercise. If you're there online, you can do it on your phone or you can grab a sheet of paper. And I'm gonna ask us to do something here because I think how we move forward 
is we've gotta get our sights off of the pain, we've gotta get our sights on Jesus, and we've gotta get our sights on people. So I want you to do this. I want you to write down the four, now this may take a little bit, I, I know we might not have a ton of time to do it here, this could be an exercise you do later, most painful moments in your life. If you, if, for some of you, they're like right now, boom, 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 you're thinking of them, just write it down, just write it down. What are the four most painful moments of your life? Okay. Jot them down. Might be the loss of a father. Might be the, the backstabbing of a friend. Might be the, the death of a, of a marriage. Might be the diagnosis that came. What are the four most painful moments you've had in your life? Okay, here's how I'm gonna help us transition though here. Question number two. I want you to now write down the names of people going through those exact same things. It may be by the death of a father or death of a friend, write down somebody's name. They're, they're going through this too. And beside each one of those four painful moments, I want you to think of somebody that's going through that same thing that you're going through. All right? Step three. I want you to reach out to those people. I just want you to just be a friend. Maybe God is using you as a setup to, to share Jesus with them. Maybe it's a relationship that God's wanting you to, to, to initiate. Maybe it's a, God, a relationship God wants you to nurture. Maybe it's an opportunity to get them to, to church with you. Say, hey, listen, let, let me tell you when I got plugged into church and God started doing this. This is what he did in my heart. I think he can do it for you too. This is how we take our pain and we use it on purpose. The enemy will try to get you to waste your pain. He'll try to get you stuck in your pain. And God always says, no, 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 you've walked through this, but I don't want you to waste it. You go, well, I don't really still understand why I went through it. It's okay. You don't have to have all the, all the details. What you do know is that God wants to use it to draw you to him. What you do know is that God wants to use it to grow you like him. What you can do is you can use it to comfort and serve others. And lastly, you can use it to tell other people about Jesus. I mean, no, that now takes you in your pain and looking at it in a totally different perspective because you realize, man, God, you can do something through this. Would you bow your heads all across this room? For those that are online right now, I want you to, to engage in this moment. Don't, don't click off, I want you to engage in this moment. As I've been praying so much for this, this has been a, a message that, that I felt like really, really is needed to be shared in our church. One, because I've talked to so many of you that are walking through pain, painful moments right now. But also because I believe that God wants to, to heal it, some pains and he wants to redeem others. If you're in this place right now, if you're watching online right now, and there is a major, you're walking through a major painful thing in your life right now, I want you to stand up all across this room. If that's you, come on, stand up all across this room. All across this room.
You know, the greatest demonstration of God's love was not his serving. It was not his sermons. It was his suffering. It was his suffering. You serve a suffering servant savior. He wants to heal pain. He wants to redeem pain. He wants to use pain. But I'm gonna tell you right now, the first thing you have to do is you've gotta release the pain. You've gotta release it. So, so if you're standing right here, if you're, if you're online right now, you can do this right there wherever you are. Would you just lift your hands all across this room? All across, come on, right now. Just lift your hands right now and just go, God, I, I release this. I release this for you. That doesn't mean it necessarily is always gonna go away, but it's just I release the, the power that this pain has had over my life that has is, that is paralyzed my purpose. I haven't been able to move forward because I've, I've been so stuck in the past. I've been stuck even for those that are presently in pain right now. I've, I've just allowed this to, to keep me stuck. God, give me the joy of the Lord as your strength. God, I thank you that you're, you're, you, when I am weak, you are made strong. So, Spirit of God, right now, I pray for every person that's here, everyone that's online, God, that's, that's just saying, that's, that's me right, right now. God, we release this to you, and now, secondly, we receive all that you have for us. So, with our hands raised, we release and we receive. We receive your love. We receive your comfort. We receive your joy. We receive your patience. We receive your healing right now. God, I pray physical healings in this house in Jesus' name. Physical healings in this house in Jesus' name. Physical healings, what doctor says could not be done, I pray right now in Jesus' name. God, we release bitterness. God, we receive forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. We release addictions right now. We, we receive freedom in Jesus' name. God, we release all this pain that's been, that, that maybe we've self-inflicted, God, and we, we receive your wisdom and your grace and your forgiveness right now. We receive that in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, Lord that you desire to pour out on us more than even we want to receive. So God, we, we receive it. Come on, could you just say that, God? Say, God, I receive it. God, we receive it today. We believe it today in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. You can-